0: Hello, and welcome to Relevate Presents Scholarship, the podcast where we use real research to analyze, scrutinize, and humanize your favorite TV and movie couples. I'm your host, Eric Goodcase. Hello, and welcome to a spooky edition of Relevate Presents Scholarship. We're gonna be talking about Ghosted on MTV, and joining us today are two paranormal investigators. We have Dr. Leah Lefevre, who is a assistant professor in communication studies at the University of Alabama. Dr. Lefevre, thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah, great to be here, thanks for having us.
0: And also we have Ryan Rasner, who's a PhD candidate in communication studies at Louisiana State University. Thanks for joining us, Ryan. Yeah, thanks for having me, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to talk about this. This is our first foray into reality television. We advertise ourselves as talking about fictional um, TV and movie couples, but this was just too perfect not to talk about. Um, so we are, we are venturing into new territory today. Um, so before we really get into that too much and start talking about the show, I wanted to give you each an opportunity to kind of introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about what you study and what your passion is. Um, so, Dr. Lefevre, we'll start with you. Um, tell me a little bit about what you study, why you're passionate about it. Just kind of give us a quick little intro to who you are.
1: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I primarily look at the intersection between romantic relationships and interpersonal communication in the context of technology. So, for instance, any sort of emerging or new technologies and looking at how those processes have been adapted and changed to the acceleration of this mass connection this interpersonal connection that's then mediated through different contexts why kind of interested in that specifically it impacts all of our lives to suggest otherwise isn't really up to date with the current iterations of how people are forming relationships dissolving relationships maintaining relationships so kind of looking at how a lot of processes have been altered from just face-to-face contexts to then look at how they have perpetuated and persists in these mediated contexts
0: And then every once we learn it, it all becomes obsolete a couple years later, right? Just like changes so quickly.
1: (laughs) Yes, nothing can be based on a specific technology because we're looking at just the processes and the behaviors because otherwise we will easily fade as the technology does.
2: Exactly, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, uh, Ryan, do you want to give a quick uh, rundown of who you are, what you're passionate about, what you study? Of course.
2: Again, I'm a PhD candidate at LSU. Um, I look at the intrapersonal as well as the interpersonal forms of communication in relationships intrapersonal being that self talk those imagined interactions and stuff like that um and I, I really like to look at relationships uh from a nuanced point of view and i really get excited about emergent technology as so, terminologies software emergent terminology associated with relationships such as the friend zone. And of course, like this ghosting, mm-hmm. uh, I find them really interesting to look at, right? Because relationships, as we all know, they're super difficult to navigate. Definitely. And um, I just, I really enjoy answering some of these questions surrounding how relationships come together, but also fall apart. Um, some of my research more specifically is beginning to look at with my dissertation on how how we communicate observing our significant others, because a lot of research focuses on the methodological points of observation and the effects on um, participants, but really doesn't look at how we communicate observing to our significant others, and so what are the effects of that? So I'm really excited to begin looking at the applied therapeutic interventions of how individuals are communicating observation in their relationships. Very cool. Uh, best of luck with dissertation life. Um,
0: that's all why I both went through that very recently and came out on the other side, but it wasn't fun. And you're smiling. Uh, yeah, smiling, thinking about the fact that it's over, mostly. <laughs> all right, so um, let's get into it. So um, let's talk about ghosting. Oh, you forget me. I, I always forget you, Denzel. I'm sorry. I always forget to introduce you just because you're so uh, part of art. Our... So, of course, as always, the MVP of the podcast since we've since we've started, De- Dr. Denzel Jones. Denzel, how you doing,
3: man? I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I'm doing well. <laughs> no, I, I know it's all love. I'm a normal of course. part here. So. Yeah. 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 You're I'm always doing here. Well, though. Staying strong. Starting to week out great with a fun episode of podcast recording. So. Yeah, this will
0: be good. So let's get into Ghosted. Um, it kind of started very recently. So the season just ended, like, um, very recently. And uh, eight episodes, and it was kind of a spinoff of the MTV show Catfish. It was kind of, kind of replacing Catfish, I kind of think. I don't know if that's officially what it was, but it seems like that was. Um, and... When did you guys first become aware of it? When did you first learn about it or hear about it? Was it something you just were like gung-ho, ready to watch as soon as you heard about it? Or what what was your kind of relationship with the show?
2: I wasn't necessarily gung-ho, I think. (laughs) I I really put it towards Leah more so. I was like, hey, I saw this on TV. She's like, oh, okay, cool. And then, of course, neither one of us watched any of the episodes right at the beginning. (laughs) It wasn't like, let's just go in here and start watching this, right? We had other things going on, as you know. Mm -hmm. Life at this point, during the semester, doesn't afford you a lot of time in television land.
1: Yeah, I think lots of times we're looking at how people are talking about in the popular, like, ether and nexus that exists out there. So more recently there's a book called Ghosted Out when people are using it like haphazardly in conversation. So I think Ryan had, you know, flipped through channels, ran into MTV one day and was like ghosted. And we're like, what? They're studying what we do. Um, And we wanted to see how that like then kind of intersected. So we're always kind of looking at how people are like just commonly utilizing it and talking about like the movie that came out more recently Mm -hmm. and like how people are flippantly using the term.
0: Yeah, I think that's really um, interesting too. Because so many times when we study something, there's not you know a show devoted to it, like that comes out and like you know kind of like highlights the real world or like the real application of like how it looks in media. And obviously, it's probably embellished a little for television. But um, just a really cool opportunity to be able to kind of like see a, um, a real life application of like the research we do sometimes. So what do you guys think of the show is it something that you enjoyed watching just kind of like from a, a entertainment perspective I'm gonna get we
1: <laughs> well I wouldn't say MTV is like I'm not probably their target demographic <laughs> at this point so with that <laughs> knowing like maybe once was not not necessarily now so and I do love some reality TV show but I, I think I think it takes some as we get into the nitty-gritty of things some Entertainment value, some um, some extreme positions to escalate some of the conflict and confrontation embedded mm. in the scenarios. Um, a lot of our research has looked at more romantic, even though a lot of people romantic relationships. Though other people have asked about friendships and family and how are those iterations of ghosting. So I think it expands in some really interesting ways there. Uh, but in comparison to catfish, I don't think they have the backstory mm. to suggest that they are credible researchers investigators or um uh, i don't know just credible enough to just kind of like talk and work through and help people in this process in a really productive and thoughtful fashion so as an entertainment value um i don't don't necessarily know if they're gonna get a second season
0: gotcha (laughs) harsh very harsh (laughs) But yeah, I I actually have similar kind of feelings. I was, I'm a huge catfish fan. Like when it came out, I was in undergrad and it actually kind of like shaped a lot of some of the things that I got interested in researching because I was so interested in like how some of these things are happening and it didn't seem to be stuff that I was like able to find like research articles Mm -hmm. on. Um, But yeah, I, they definitely play up the drama in this show. And I feel like this show could be a half hour long. I don't yeah. know if that's—I <laughs> don't want to be rude about it, but it, just, it. It feels a little drawn out at times, um, but it definitely <laughs> plays up the drama. How about you, Ryan? What are your what are your thoughts on like entertainment wise? Yeah, how uh, long is the a show? show?
3: How long is it's, the show? It's an
0: hour plus like hour with commercials.
1: About forty, right? Forty five. Yeah, about
0: forty minutes without yeah. commercials. It's a lot
2: of commercials, too, if you watch, even if you watch it on MTV.com. Yeah. And I don't, like Leah was saying, I don't think they have a lot of the backstory there, which is what I think they could fill a lot of that time with is getting more of the backstory on both, both individuals. Yeah. Using a lot of it up the front, the backstory on the two hosts and the backstory on these inner, these friends in the middle that are kind of caught in the middle of what's going on. But it was, it was hard to, when you're so entwined in the research and the understanding of how that research is conducted and what it means, it's hard to not go in and critically evaluate <laughs> it and just watch it for it to set yeah. a Right. <laughs> so that made, it, that made it a little more difficult to sit through a few of those. Yeah. We've, we, we talked about that a lot on
0: this podcast. When you really start to study something, there are times where it can start to take some of the enjoyment out of watching certain movies or TV shows and like, I can't think of a really good example now, but sometimes watching romantic comedies, it's just like, man, after all I've learned, this is really hard to watch. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. But, Entertainment value, though, I would give a shout out to, I think, Rachel. Mm-hmm. She's obviously been on another reality TV and I think has some understanding about how to like pull and draw participants more and some empathy in association with being a reality on TV. So she, mm-hmm. she, I think, can come into her own a little more. I think Travis, on the other hand, was needing a little more coaxing to get to that same space.
0: Yeah. I actually, you know, the hosts grew on me a little bit. I definitely think Rachel, I think I agree with you in your assessment between Rachel and Travis, but they grew on me at first. I was like, it's not an even max. I don't care. (laughs) These people do mean nothing to me. I don't know who they are, what they think they're trying to do, but I've, they grew on me a little bit. I'm, I've started to kind of come around to them and, um, enjoy them more than I did when I first started
2: watching and was just comparing them to Nephen Max the entire time. I I did appreciate Nevan Max being able to kind of backpedal their bias towards either person in most episodes. Yes. I don't think that is really the case here. You see a lot of these non-verbals, especially that Travis puts out that's like, oh God, yeah, why would they do this? I don't like mm-hmm. this person. So that they, they really have this preconceived notion or judgment of some individuals before they even hear both sides of the story. Yeah. I appreciated. I remember watching one or two episodes. I appreciated that up and even Max, like you were saying.
0: Yeah. They do a really good job of like, even if the person had been lying the entire time or something like that, they were just, they really wanted to get to like, to know who they were and what was going on. And because this show is so caught up in that final confrontation, they, I don't think they did a good job of actually like really parsing out the story and learning about a person. And they were really just anti ghosting in general. So it was hard for them to kind of like, and I get that to a certain extent. Like I understand where that comes from, but they didn't bother to try to like understand where the people were coming from a lot of times. And like,
2: um, especially on that ghosting side. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was just the impersonality of the whole thing with the backdrop and the two weird chairs and, (laughs) you know, and then going behind a screen and talking through microphones to them. It felt just, I mean, that would be the most, it's already an awkward situation. And now you've intensified that awkwardness. I don't know if it's for the viewers or what, but it just felt so impersonal and forced.
1: And they seem to misconstrue some things sometimes. They will be like, hey, we finally get the ghost or right, the initiator to come there. Under like the guys that they're going to have like this facilitated kind of positive awkward conversation Mm. and then they would go behind a screen and be like cool deal with this
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's really, you know i hadn't even thought about that but that's true because when they're when they're trying to like get the people to come on the show i'm thinking specifically because i just watched the very last episode where the guy really didn't want to do it and there's like you know this is just a safe space for it to be facilitated no it wasn't facilitated at all you just Put the two of them right in front of each other, in front of a camera, in front of, like, you know it's being recorded. That's a very difficult situation to navigate.
1: With glass chairs and, like, (laughs) you can't even touch each other. And they're so awkward to begin with, like, how they position them. Yeah. The the chairs themselves. Why are the
0: chairs so high? And why are they clear plastic? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Oh,
2: no. And through the whole thing, like, in the beginning, they don't even sit on people's couches. They make you that one guy they had to stand out in the yard and they had the sun in his face and they were talking to him. and Oh, just so uncomfortable every time. Oh man. Well, let's get into it.
0: <laughs> let's get into a little bit of the, um, some of the episodes and the research stuff. I'm sure we'll have more to say about them as we go and the whole process of the show. Um, but let's start just with like ghosting in general and kind of like, what is ghosting? And I think what the question I get the most or like hear the most when it talk about is like, how is it different from like, you know, if a, you, know, you watch older TV shows and, you know, a guy doesn't call after three days or a um, person just kind of like loses touch with friends over time. So how is it different than kind of like other maybe similar situations or something that might be conceived as similar?
1: Yeah, that's a question we get a whole bunch We've had people and reviewers say like, it's like smoke signals, it's like the telegraph, these things have happened, like what is different? And so I think some of the arguments that we've suggested that there has lots of similarity with like withdrawal and avoidance that have always existed. Um, the big difference is that it's through a mediated context in regards to typically how people choose to end it, the medium operates as the message, in addition that the medium is the message. So like. The void of it so it's really in this mediated context that ghosting takes place now you can go someone face to face and then you're trying to find answers then in in other channels phone messages instagram dms whatever it might be that they're trying to find it but the mediated context is a big thing the other thing we've kind of also distilled is kind of like in this specific one is only unilateral So unlike other breakups that might be mutual or might be bilateral, one person has the agency to end it. So in these, um, and we'll get into that, (laughs) Ryan has some feelings about how that plays out in the show, but really one person ends the relationship in ghosting. Um, And so if you have mutual ghosting, then you don't have a ghost, right? Mm -hmm. Like neither of them are desiring or wanting or needing any other sort of communication because it's mutual in that regard. Um, and the other thing too that we've kind of parsed out is a lot of these aren't necessarily relationships. So sometimes you're just having interpersonal communication and one party may think there's a relationship or neither. And then it, it, it may never actually have come to a more established understanding and composition of the relationship itself. And because of that, you could have multiple ghostings at once. They're not as linear as a relationship. Cause you have all these like intersections of like where communication and relationship starts. So I think it has more blurred lines than other forms of romantic dissolution of breakups. Yeah. Obviously Ryan, Ryan can add some too.
2: Yeah. I really think like the mediated portion of it has really afforded people the ability to do this. Whereas before, like you were saying that mediated context didn't exist. You could, you would talk to people face to face, which would elicit more of a breakup. Right? there would be answers to the individual who, in this case, would be the non-initiator, the ghosted. Um, but with ghosting, like Leah was saying, it's that unilateral, that one person has all agency and takes everything away from the non-initiator, the ghosted. And it's done through uh, mediated forms, through social media and text and email, whatever that case may be. But also on that mediated front, individuals are seeking answers through media. They can't, they're not just going to friends or going and finding this person They're The first thing they're looking for to get the answers to why they were ghosted is I was texting them. Then I went to their Instagram. Then I went to their Facebook. Then I found out I was blocked from Facebook. I was blocked from Instagram or they never replied, but they're posting pictures still. So it's very heavily related to the mediated form of communication that's taking place on both sides. Yeah,
0: it's almost like it's a, um, not that it's like multiple ghosting, but just that it has to happen through multiple contexts. Like it's not just that a person kind of runs off and you don't see them again. It's like not only do they run off or you don't see them again, but they also are kind of like taking these like purposeful steps to make sure you cannot contact them through all these potential ways through like, Social media and phone and like all these potential ways. It's a
2: very like um, multifaceted thing. Yeah, and you can also see them on these other fronts having fun, going out on other days. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Just playing out. So you're like, okay, I was ghosted. I, this person just left. I don't know why, but obviously they've moved on. So what's going on? Where's my
3: closure? Yeah, we've-
1: yeah, we've kind of dubbed that like as ambient access. Like, oh, I can still see certain things. And I know you're existing and going out, going to those same places and interacting with your friends, but I'm no longer part of your close proximity and interaction or intimacy with others.
0: Yeah, and that was a huge part of the show, too. Like, going on to, especially even if they had been blocked, like either Travis or Rachel would find the person on Instagram or Twitter or whatever and like see all that's going on in their life. And, these people could kind of like catch up in a weird way, even though they know they've been kind of cut
1: off. Yeah. They're, through some of their pseudo investigations, they <laughs> were <laughs> able to track down, but right. Even the ideas of like, is that perpetuating like cyber stalking and those connections and interactions, yeah. but finding all those thin like traces if they exist. Right.
0: Right. And the, It initiated all these awkward exchanges in terms of like reaching out to friends, right? And the friend's response almost unanimously was like, Why are you talking to me instead of the person that you're trying to get on the TV show?
2: Every time. Yeah, I know when they ghosted you, but that's their story (laughs) to tell. Go to them, figure it out.
0: And like I can't imagine that every time Rachel and Travis called someone for eight episodes, they'd never picked up and never got back where the friends would, I don't even know if they're doing that initial phone call. I, I don't know if that's true. That's just a guess. Like It just feels strange that it always followed this pattern where the one person they tried to contact wouldn't get back to them, but their friends would, just very strange. Yes, I, I'm
1: pretty sure most of those weren't real or even like that one guy who left a message and was like, oh, I thought this was fake. I thought I'd call back because it was, like, too good to be true MTV was calling me the <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm oh. sure they actually had a lot of leads that didn't pan out.
0: For sure. That's true, too. We don't know what isn't shown and all that stuff, too. So who knows?
1: Not even in these episodes. I bet they are, like, people apply, and then they try to contact the initiators. And as we know, some of them were pretty resistant. Yeah. Um, and I bet they were like, nope. This is not yeah. happening.
0: I thought that about catfish too. I was like, "There's got to be some people on catfish that just like don't want to meet the person they're catfishing, right? Like that's got to happen." I,
2: I don't see any benefit in meeting, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, right? somebody. I did it for a reason. I don't really want to, right? I don't want to go do it. Yeah. I want to go meet them.
0: So let's let's get into kind of uh, maybe I'm jumping too far ahead too, but what are kind of the, um, the motivations people have for ghosting and then either like what you saw on the TV show and then how that related to some of the research that's out there um, in terms of like why people ghost, like why are people behaving in this behavior in general?
1: Uh, Well, we have some things on initiators and some things that have speculated on like non-initiators, or as they call it, the ghoster and the haunted. Right. Um, (laughs) Which is a whole different conversation dealing with the lexicon. Um, But some of the reasons, right, were they're just really not into that person, they're not interested. Um, In addition to that, safety concerns Mm -hmm. and a variety of levels. I think minority of cases, but there are those. For sure. We have different reasons, or it fizzled out for them, or they have an alternative partner.
2: Alternative partner, yeah,
1: yeah. We see speculated in all their hypotheses, (laughs) naive hypotheses, (laughs) Uh, and from like even non-initiators accounts. And we have like a recent study we're working on that kind of looked at like people account making about maybe what happened from the non-initiators perspective. And most of the time, they thought there was some alternative partner, whether it be a previous partner or a future partner, like someone they're already also talking to in the pool of applicants, specifically or generally. That was kind of the big thing, but then others, right? Like a flawed characteristic and somebody, oh, I did something wrong, mm-hmm. they're incompatible. As it plays on the show a lot, right? Divergent uh, yeah. sexual dress a lot of times, whether it be their own sexuality or compatibility played out as well.
0: Yeah. So what were the ones that really jump out at you in terms of, uh, actually, you know what, Ryan, did you have a comment that you wanted to make on? Do you want to add to that at all? No, no, I'm good. So what were the um, kind of the examples or the episodes that really jumped out at you in terms of like the motivations where people like either really interesting or really ridiculous, or what were the ones, the episodes that kind of jumped out at you in terms of like motivations for ghosting? The why I ghosted thing that they built to the entire time.
1: We have a couple of favorites. So that there's some
2: favorite I mean. and some interesting ones. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite was, uh, what I think it was episode, was that episode five, I think?
1: Episode five, Kayla and Sean.
2: Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. <laughs> Kayla and Sean. And I love that episode so much because he was so upfront when he went in there and he's like, this is convenient. It's 2019. This is how we do stuff. And not only that, I've had bad experiences in the past with getting my tires slashed or people being mad or egging my car or whatever he said he says just easier this way and also interesting enough he went back later and he's like there there's your closure are we good and then he called (laughs) then he called an uber like that was my favorite part was calling an uber on the show i just want to get out of here like i don't want to be a part of this He was certainly interesting. I don't know, Leah. Did
0: you have any thoughts on that episode as well?
1: Oh, I agree. That's one of my favorites. He was like, "Cool. If I'm going to quit a job, I'm not going to go in those two weeks. I'm just going (laughs) to (laughs) quit." And it's so true, right? Like he knew he was done and he was out. Like, and not to say like it goes the motivation that he thought there was clearly other people he didn't want this relationship. For whatever reason, right? They speculate that, you know, he doesn't, he has attachment issues or he uses people. Whatever it is, he's dating and decided, hey, I'm not dating this person anymore. Um, And so I think that really goes like, hey, there's lots of alternative partners. So I I really love that he said it was clean, efficient. And he did, he basically was like, sorry, I did this. Here's closure. Closure for you and every other person I've ever dated. Yep.
0: (laughs) My favorite part was, my favorite part with that one is he hit on Rachel at the end. Oh yes. <laughs> I that was so bold.
1: Some gumption.
0: Yeah, he's definitely one that, you know, made my skin crawl a little bit. But like he definitely kinda of laid out like very honestly like what ghosting motivations kind of look like, right? Like what the reason is it's easy. Yes. I don't have to do anything, I don't have to deal with any negative repercussions of having the conversation. I didn't have to worry about you slashing my tires or freaking out on me or anything like that. So yeah, he really just laid it all out there.
1: And, and especially, I think he showed like most of the instances of ghosting, they met on Tinder. So they have very few overlap of social network, mm-hmm. limited repercussions socially, right. With bridge capital or connections with people they know. And cool, there's lots of people to date in Brooklyn, yeah. in New York City. Like, I'm going to go date someone else, and I don't ever have to see you again. I
2: also like that they brought, like, an intervention team of ex-girlfriends who he had ghosted <laughs> in, in, the <laughs> <middle of them. laughs> in the middle of the show. brings in three ex-girlfriends to all talk. He ghosted all of them. I thought there was going to be an intervention at the end. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> I did think it was funny that they just – happened to run into someone at the gym, it's like, oh yeah, he ghosted me too. Oh. I was just like, man. <laughs> He's a he is a serial ghoster. He is uh yes. what's uh I'm trying to think of a horror movie equivalent and I got nothing off to I don't watch horror movies, so but he is
1: <laughs> like a mega ghost or something. <laughs>
0: yeah, he is something else.
3: Is this still the same guy from episode five?
0: Yeah, yeah. this is, this yeah. guy was <laughs> He ghosted the, uh, the the original person they had that they interviewed on the show, and they found two more people that he had ghosted, and and then he yes. then he hits on Rachel at the end. Yes. <laughs> so bold. <laughs> so bold. <laughs> Any other? Yeah, that was. Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, that was definitely one of the favorites. The other one I know Ryan I kind of talked a lot about was I think episode six with like Russell and Destiny.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And we had, like, kind of, like, the other one was kind of fun. This one, I think, was on the opposite extreme a little bit. Um, and her having to talk about her miscarriage. Yeah.
2: And him with his sexual the identity at the beginning. and Yeah. There was some infidelity. Like, there was a lot going on there. This was the most emotionally
0: heavy of the episodes, I thought just like every single thing that came up was like super heavy and this guy was going through so much and man i wish he you know didn't have to be on tv in front of a bunch of people for it but like hopefully it was productive in his life but man that was a intense couple of days for him
1: yeah and so i think it gets to some motivations right on on extremes were very heavy and dark and deep sometimes in comparison the lighter right i'm going to the gym i'm seeing all these people and dating all these things and shopping around um but i think that goes to also like sometimes why we were like a little critical of the show i don't think they were like prepared to have those conversations in supportive fashion and as you all know in an environment that could be open and honest and provide um, treatment or suggestions or advice from experts
0: yeah it was hard to watch that as a therapist just being like oh this would be something that would be really helpful to have someone just facilitating the conversation or like someone to process with afterwards or something
2: yes. yeah something more than a hug and a, yeah the van <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. yeah Russell and Destiny. when he was actually the initial ghost right yeah he he, he called them saying i ghosted this girl well then She ghosted me, which I don't agree with. She just blocked him on social media because he did some messed up stuff. Yeah. Oh, and Denzel, let me fill you in on what happened on this one,
0: because right now Denzel's in the dark a little bit. (laughs) So uh, this guy calls in or sends an email or tries to get on this show because he ghosted his ex-girlfriend, whom he ghosted while she was pregnant. And he was cheating on her um, at the same time. So not only was there infidelity, but she was pregnant when he ghosted and just, like, left and, like, without a trace. And then was trying to, like, get back with her, and she didn't really want to re-engage with him, which, you know,
2: understandable. Yeah, and it's two years later.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, that one was really hard to watch. And then. um, Wow. Uh... Yeah, there's so much going on.
1: And then even complicated, right? He was going through his own journey with yeah. his sexuality and figuring out what that meant and then the implications for his new partner mm-hmm. who was against the idea of having children. Yeah.
0: So yeah, his um, so he was cheating on his ex girlfriend with a man and then kind of like started to come to terms with his sexuality. Um and is now dating the person that he was cheating on with, and then they had a huge blow up on the show. So it was just I thought they were Ooh. gonna break up. I thought that was yeah. I thought that was a breakup conversation. Wow. You, like, why wouldn't you talk to your partner before calling a television show? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Why wouldn't you oh,
2: tell them years ago that this yeah, right. potential was out there? There's a lot of
3: what ifs with him. Uh, oh, there were. And uh, you even you mentioned this was going to be a spooky episode. I wasn't quite prepared <laughs> for this. Yeah. Wow. He
2: even brought a present for the baby and come to find out that she had had a miscarriage. So it intensified her situation. And it was, that was probably the most emotionally wrecked episode, but could have used a therapist as well. Some intervention for sure. Or something uh, for any, any of those people, either Russell
0: destiny. I don't remember Russell's partner's name, but he could have used something to help. uh, just that whole thing was just really intense and difficult.
2: I
1: mm-hmm. oh. yeah. <laughs> think those are kind of extreme shows within the you know, spectrum yeah for
0: sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, so we talked a little bit about motivation so let's talk a little bit of, and talk about like um, the difference in terms of like Ghosting versus like maybe a breakup in person in terms of how it feels on the on the other end of it to be um, to be broken up with or to be ghosted like what are the differences that kind of exist and then we'll talk about
2: our favorite on the, on that side too. <laughs> well, breakups are they're super difficult anyways, right? And in the face to face context, you have you're allowed to get at least some amount of closure. When it's done that way, during this difficult situation, we all know how bad it is, how terrible it feels for days, weeks, months after you break up with somebody, especially in a relationship, and not just dating. Um, but then it gets intensified, I think, during the ghosting because you no longer, you're not afforded that closure. The the ghoster has taken that affordance away from you. They just leave and there's no explanation, which I think makes ghosting so difficult compared with just a normal breakup.
0: Yeah, and I think there's, you know, in breakups, even when the person might tell you to your face why you broke up, a lot of people still, you know, might ruminate over that or think, it, you know, maybe that's not the reason. But when there's no reason at all, that's incredibly difficult to kind of navigate. Like, okay, what was what was that went on? Alita, do you have anything you wanted to add as well?
1: Yeah, I think, I think in combination, too, is oftentimes they don't even know they were broken up with at first, and so we know that the person who initiated has a different timeline than the non-initiator, but it's there's even questions, like, on the show a lot, right? Oh, I called them, I texted them, it might go on for several days, and then they even increase anxiety or worry because you care about the person. Are they in an accident? Did something happen? And so I think you go through that emotional curve, and then you start to realize retrospective oh i'm not going to talk to them. oh i can't even access them anymore or if i can so i think i think it's compounded that component and then because of that you don't even know that happened then you have to then start putting pieces together retrospectively um in comparison to if you had a face-to-face breakup you at least know you broke up even if you still don't have it right.
0: and it's it's a set kind of point right as opposed to like having to like not knowing when or why or trying to follow up and all that kind of a stuff
1: so it was even strange and like having them create the timeline of yeah. the show that they suggested at some point because oftentimes in retrospect, you might be able to say, oh, that was the day. That was this like aha moment that had happened. But more often than not, people don't know until they've checked multiple like media channels that they're used to talking on. And I sometimes think that takes a while depending on how free. Yeah, yeah sure.
2: Talking. That happened in the first episode, I think was the only example of when, there was a real salient thing that happened in a time frame which they could pinpoint it to the, the guy's coming out party mm-hmm. when her friend ghosted. Yeah. 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 ghosted her. I mean, that's a salient time. You would remember the rest of them. I'm not going to remember November 18th, 2017, what happened on that day. Yeah.
0: That's a really good point. Cause they did make a really big deal about the dates, but <clears throat> that's only cause you can look back and see the text messages, right? Or you can see the last time you hung out, based on a picture on Instagram, you know, when mm-hmm. you're actually in the moment of that day or the next day, you're still not sure if they're ghosting you yet. You're still kind of figuring that out.
2: Yeah. You're still reaching right. out, mm-hmm. trying to talk to them, figure out what's going on. I mean, the ghosting could have happened anywhere in there. Yeah.
0: So what are some of the, uh, you mentioned the first episode a little bit. What are some of the examples that you can think of, of someone who was ghosted and kind of like the reaction that they had, and how it might've been, how it would be different, how can illustrate how it might be different than a breakup.
1: Um, like for instance, I think the good example, even with friends, right? You can dissolve those just as much. There was the one episode where they go to their friend after the Trump election or they have posted specific mm-hmm. things um, in comparison to just saying, I can't be friends with you any longer. You have a different value set or disagreement or what does this mean? For our relationship with different political, um, ideological value sets, and what that could mean. I think they saw, of course, once they realized what it was, they could have a conversation and work through that. But I think even just having that, it would have been much clearer to understand what that looks like. So she would have known, oh, when she moved, I'm no longer going to be friends with Yeah,
0: her. and she had no idea. She didn't even have a, and a lot of them actually were you know, they, they might've had guesses, but oftentimes they were wrong, right? Like they would say like, we think it's cause of this. And then it did not match the
2: motivation of the other person at all. Which goes yeah. to a lot of like what we see with ghosting when people are, they're speculating And the show does a good job of kind of outlining the progression of it. Right. You get ghosted. They start at the beginning and just, even though their speculations are wrong, they're making all of these speculations or making hypotheses about what might have happened, how it might happen. So that Travis and what's her name, Rachel, Rachel, they're both getting right into they are the ghost and they're speculating on the ghost's behalf about what happened.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of parallel to that process that someone who's ghosted might have experienced like in the moment, right? Like trying to yeah. figure it out and process yeah. it. Yeah. So any other ghosts that are ghosted, not ghosts, so any other ghost haunted? Is that what they call them on the show? The haunted?
1: Yeah, is a whole problem in itself, <laughs> right? Haunted? Well, we make some distinction, and there's some lexicon distinction that haunting is like you keep coming back slowly or intermittently like, like, to somebody's life.
0: Oh, okay. You're That's interesting. Yeah, or
1: something People breadcrumb it even like oh I'm gonna like a picture here or then like ask you on a date and then come back later. Huh. So hunting, we think slightly different or zombieing, like oh you are gone and then you're back like one of the episodes right mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was like oh I'm gonna Instagram you four years later yeah can you yep. see you? be my friend. Hmm. Um, and so so if we have a little issue with the name itself that the haunted is yeah not that an makes accurate,
0: sense because there are already some other terms what they mean so the people who yeah. were ghosted. Are any other ones of those that kind of jumped out at you and were like something that really were interesting or whatever?
2: The people that were ghosted?
0: Yeah. So like what their reaction was like to being ghosted and them telling their story.
1: Yeah. The couple of them, I thought in retrospect, they really built up the relationship. There's two different ones that were like, I love this person. They're the love of my Mm -hmm. life. My end all be all. And not that you can't love someone and not communicate that, but I think in the retrospection, they built the relationship up to a Mm, level that the relationship never was. And I don't know if that was to create a good casting and get picked for the show or to then to have this intervention with the person itself and confrontation, but there's at least two, because then when they had the choice to connect with the person again, they chose not to do that. So if you really love someone, Mm you think you would have made this extra effort considering you've already done all these things? Um, so there's a couple that were ghosted that then, when given the choice, didn't want to then reconnect.
2: That second episode with the comedian. Oh, God, I have so many things to say about him. Oh, yeah. He put his so-called his love, his girlfriend, whatever it was, on blast in his comedy shows but wouldn't tell her and didn't allow her to go to the comedy. So we had to sneak in and see that this was happening.
0: So I really don't like this guy, but I did want to, I did some extra research. So my brother's a stand-up <laughs> comedian in San Francisco. Uh, so go ahead. And if you listen to this and you live in the San Francisco area, go check out his shows. Uh, so I asked him, I was like, is it common practice if you're going to make jokes on stage about someone that, you know, to tell them about yeah. it first. And his response was, I have never done that. So I, <laughs> That's also very, my brother, um, <laughs> So I, I explained to him the episode and he um, his response was, I'm going to I'm going to clean up the language here. It's messed up. He wouldn't let her come to shows. There should be some understanding between the couple that that's what he does and it should not be a secret. And then he added, but I also don't have a girlfriend. So who knows?
3: <laughs> hey, Eric, uh, what's your brother's name? I think now's a good time. for the right, Oh, Club.
0: yeah. Shout out to Ryan Goodcase. He is, uh, you can search him on YouTube. He's got a few things on YouTube, I think. But if you're in the San Francisco area, he just won the World Series of Comedy in St. Louis. So he's, wow. he's doing oh, this. Yeah. So that's, that was my, I, I did some investigative reporting to see if that was common. But, you know, maybe he, like, that's something that, the fact that he's just not telling her about it. And also he stole a joke from George Carlin. I'm not going to say the joke because it's dirty, but he, one of the jokes he made that she recorded is like, that's a George Carlin joke. You're stealing, you're stealing jokes. Oh, wow. So Yeah. So also about him is within the first meeting with him and, or with Rachel and Travis, he mentions how much he enjoyed the sex. And then, and like, so he was like, liked that she was sexual in nature. And then he gets mad at her for having a sexual relationship with someone before they started dating. This guy sucks, (laughs) I'm not a fan. (laughs) <laughs> What's his name? Ross. Yeah. You got some learn. You got some life learning to do, man. That's, that's a big pet peeve of mine. If like, in terms of like men and kind of like wanting a very sexual partner, yeah. but then like getting mad about a person's sexual past. It's like, a if you've seen chasing Amy, it's very similar to that kind of oh,
2: situation. Yeah. Well, and you, the thing is, you know, you're doing something wrong. If you tell them, don't come to my comedy show. Yeah. yeah. You know- oh my God. Like there were so many now you bring up the George Carlin, there were so many ethical violations in his life going on, like she's she's in a good place without him.
1: We need a Mazel because they talk about this in that show.
2: Yeah, they do.
0: <laughs> also a great show.
1: Because right. Uh, if you're gonna use material from everyday life and you're concerned, have those conversations.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And he was trying to play it off as like, oh, I don't like when people see me bomb. It's like one, because you're not very funny It's like that. (laughs) That's an issue. And two, don't play it off as like it's not a confidence thing. Like you, you are, you know, you're doing these things and saying these things and you don't want her to hear it like that. There's no way that didn't factor into his decision.
1: Right. And then, of course, when he said he had all these connections and then she expressed some connections with him, like, hey, you hurt me in these ways. He was not apologetic. He did not express his genuine, genuine in quotes, um, connection with her um, in any of these capacities that would showcase that this caring that he suggested he had.
2: Yeah, not a fan.
0: Not a fan. That was was
2: a hard one. That was a hard one.
0: Yes. Uh, It wasn't hard for me. It was very easy for me. That guy sucks. That was that
2: was, that was, what I was It was hard. It was hard
0: to watch. Yeah, I know what you mean. I was just yes.
1: and the same thing. I think there was um, the one later on with another woman. What was she in California? Where, right? Love my life again. A kind of a sexual yes. incompatibility. Um, mm-hmm. Was it Giovanni?
0: Yeah, Giovanna and Dante. Yeah, yeah.
1: and. Um again she expressed that she loved him. This was one of my first relationships, which I think both of them had comparable first relationships. Yes. Yeah. Um, which then I think suggested that they may have been um, romanticizing to the extent that they were enraptured by this idea of the other person. Um but again, she then like insulted him when he was expressing it. And which is a whole different issue, Ryan and I have. Like they say that one person's gonna talk and then the other, but they always interrupt. Mm-hmm the second yeah. person but not
0: the first in yeah this- that's a really good point i hadn't
2: i hadn't thought about that but that's definitely true they could they could use some knowledgeable facilitators on that show <laughs> I, i'll put it
3: that way if we leave this conversation <laughs> with nothing else today we know that <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: and there's some people trained in these things i think yes some- yeah for sure okay, and- some of them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of research on all this <laughs>
0: And you can tell by how the show is set up that they have very clear instructions on how to set this up. Like they have to say the reason I ghosted you because,
1: oh.
0: and they also, they are, I'm hundred percent, like I'm hundred percent sure they're instructed not to sit, like when they meet with Rachel and Travis beforehand to be like vague and coy about it, like to like build up this drama. And it's, there's so many decisions that are made for the sake of it. TV part of it, which again, makes sense in a TV context, like that's impossible for it to not happen. But it's so clear on this show that I don't, I don't even know how much I blame Travis and Rachel on that. I just, the setup of this was just like very much not done in a way that would like facilitate like growth or helpfulness
2: after this situation. Well, I mean, it wouldn't in a more personal context, like we talked about at the beginning, having a more comfortable environment for them to meet in, meeting on mutual ground or, Meeting where they want, but like you said, yeah, they build it up because if you ghosted somebody and people came up to you, wouldn't you just say, "Yeah, I ghosted them for this reason," instead of saying, "Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to talk about that." Blah blah blah.
0: The the conversations with friends were always the most annoying. I just watched the one, the one you mentioned earlier about the um, Whitney and Tahira, where the or the with the, the Trump situation and. Someone said it's like, she showed her true colors and that's why you got arrested. Uh, and it's like, come on. It's like when you have that conversation with someone, they keep talking about like this thing that happened. I don't want, it was just this thing happened to me and it was really hard. And then I had to go through this thing and it's just like, just tell me what it is. Don't bring it up if you're not going to tell me.
1: Yes. And I think they misconstrued it uh, sometimes too. They would be like, well, she said kind of this in a vague sense, like you're saying. And they're like, no, mm-hmm. we heard what she said. That's not what she said at all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, Uh, man, just the whole setup of the show, I think, had some things that made it more difficult than it needed to be. Yes. hundred percent.
1: They could have learned a few more things from the catfishing to create the intimacy, the connection, less bias towards either party. Yeah. More investment in both people.
0: I'm glad you're saying that because I thought I was just like too biased towards an Max. Like I think they can do no wrong. Uh. <laughs> um, but like I really do think they did a really good job of like really trying to connect with people and understand where people were coming from and not doing it in a way. Obviously, on some level, they're doing it in a way to be entertaining, but it really seemed like they as hosts genuinely really wanted to like talk about this in a, in a helpful way. Whereas like I feel like the way this show was put together – it didn't give Rachel and Travis an opportunity to even do that.
1: No. And even with ghosting, right. There's more malice and intention behind it than I think with ghosting even has more of a a neutral, right. Like it's okay to have the differences versus manipulation behind it. But you didn't lean into that.
0: Yeah. And like, I think it's, it's something that it's, would be helpful to kind of relate with, like for the people that did the ghosting, like, what is it about ghosting that, yes, it was easy, but trying to take it to a deeper sense, right, of, like, what was it really about that, That like, to help people understand why people do it and, like, learn more about the process than just, like, oh, it's easy and, like, playing them up kind of as jerks for the most part mm-hmm. and why they did it. So let's talk about kind of the repairing situation. So, like, the after... um The after, they kind of come together. So there's a couple that um, agree to kind of like rekindle their friendship. Of the romantic relationships, which there was only, I think, one or two, right? There's only the two that were romantic relationships. Well, I guess Russell and Destiny were also, but...
2: Mm -hmm. yeah. And and Kayla
0: and Sean. I didn't count Kayla and Sean. Um, (laughs) But of the ones who were in a romantic relationship, none of them kind of like you know, came back together, but there were ones of the friends that came back together. What do you think? Um, do we learn about that process of like kind of the repairing after ghosting, what that might look
2: like? Well, first, I I wasn't real fond of every time they said, what did you learn from this? Oh, never <laughs> to go. Ghosting is not the way to do it. So shallow. There, you know, there's so many reasons to ghost and Some of those reasons may be viable reasons for some individuals,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: you know? Um, Like, I don't think the one guy who moved to San Francisco away from his friend, he was struggling with his sexuality and he just needed to get away from that guy. I think that's a viable thing on his part to do because he had so much going on. And I don't think always saying that ghosting is terrible. It's bad like the way that they portray it to always be. I don't think it's not a terrible thing all the time. Yeah.
0: It's more nuanced than it's an evil person like doing an evil thing.
2: Yeah. They're not all evil people doing bad things. Some of them are just serial daters like Sean. Mm -hmm. Serial dating. He found a quick, efficient way to date a lot of people and without his feelings and his safety being at risk. Not to say that's the best way to do it. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying.
0: <laughs> so that's... you heard it here first. <laughs> Ryan
2: Rasner is a fan of
0: Sean's dating style.
3: Oh, no. Uh, pause. <laughs> it just got a little bit hotter in the room. <laughs>
1: no, I think some of that, um, like, ambiguous grief towards the end and uncertainty, especially when they do the calls later. I think I think some of the people were more, a little retrospective at least, thinking like, oh, maybe I should go slower in my relationships and understanding, like for instance, the one with a comedian. Maybe I don't share details about my like inner beings and workings with people I don't really know or trust yet. So I think go goes back to your original like, kind of question, dealing with trust and people you really don't know, that maybe you do more of a slow role in comparison. Yeah. To play that out. And I think then some were like, oh, I need to focus on me and figure out what I want because now they suggested they love this person and in retrospect they didn't or did. And then what that looks like. But I think, you know, some of that grief allows them to become more mindful of their own interests and wants and maybe behaviors that either may be facilitated because oftentimes, sometimes with breakups, as we know, it's some. sometimes you did things to then cause this as we saw it play out in there and other times, yeah. right, it has nothing to do with you and I think then differentiating those.
0: Yeah, kind of taking the time in terms of like grieving the ghosting situation as a time to learn about yourself and obviously I think some of them had more of that happen after it was like official and said in front of them, right? When it was more of an official breakup. Yes. Um, I'm thinking specifically about Giovanna and I think she kind of went too far to the extreme when she was kind of like, oh, I'm too young to ever be committed or to date in terms of like going from so, you know, committed to this person that she had dated for seven months to like, oh, committing is not a good idea. You know, there's a, there's a middle ground that she can find at some point, but it took her until she was face to face with uh, Dante and had that conversation before she like said that before she was like, this is love of my life and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. We've had some research where they're like, yeah, I'm going to discontinue all dating together. And they're like, yeah, maybe, maybe that's not a viable option or give yourself some time, like you're saying, and whatever that mm-hmm. may be in the capacity. But yes, the extremes are not necessarily the best way to go.
2: Definitely. No, I just think that They kept trying to teach people a lesson. When yeah. I don't think it's about teaching a lesson, but understanding yourself, who you are as a friend, who you are as these different roles in relationships, be a friendship, romantic relationship, whatever, but understanding how you how you operate in there has effects on both you and the individual who you ghosted. So it's not about learning a lesson, which is kind of weird that they did you learn your lesson at the end of this? <laughs> More about like what did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about the other person? I think those would would better facilitate understanding in the context, both on the show and then to the population at large.
0: Yeah. How do you make meaning out of this
2: process and go yeah, forward from it? Yeah, it's not just learning a lesson.
0: So, what do you think about uh, in terms of like the ones that kind of like became friends again? Do you think they face? Uh, maybe this is more a personal question than a research question, but. What kind of road do you think they face in kind of repairing the relationship after the ghosting?
2: I think it depends on, um, the reason behind the ghosting a lot. Like how are you going, is this something you can get over and look past or is this something that's going to continually come into the relationship and cause conflict over and over again?
0: Yeah. So maybe the difference between, like, um, Julia and Delmond, episode one, where, you know, it's going to come up again. like That that was a huge event that came up and kind of changed the nature of their relationship versus maybe um, Reese and Brandon, uh, where it might be easier
2: for Reese to kind of, like, understand where Brandon was coming from. I think those are excellent examples, especially the first one. Um, what was it, Delma? the very first one, because he slept with her ex-boyfriend. So then how does that look in their relationship moving forward? Is she then speculative about bringing any boyfriends around him ever again? Like what does that perpetuate in future relationships? yeah Yeah,
1: i think it also depends on like a couple of them had relationships since very early on others had only been like a year or two years so it goes back to a question of investment which we see even in romantic relationships right like how long have you invested in this person Mm -hmm. and of course have there been other situations that forgiveness had to take place or turbulence happened in your relationship and so i think yeah is, is it a fundamental question that takes place Or is it something that, one, they ask for forgiveness and you've taken steps to actually make amends in those ways. But I think it goes on like, hey, four years in versus two months in, I'm less likely to continue to put in if it's shorter.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point because Julia and Delmont had known each other since they were kids. And like they were able to overcome the fact that he slept with her Mm -hmm. (laughs) ex-boyfriend. Goodness um Whereas you know the romantic relationships were shorter, and those were really easy for them to say, like, "nah." And uh, even I'm trying to think, are there any other
1: and Tiana, right? Like, th- they had gone through a big thing her eating yeah. disorder, and that was a a huge component of her mm-hmm. life and how her identity changed and a yeah. health scare, of course, and associations with their and identity, and that was a pitiful person. So she was willing to forgive her when she was so helpful in these other capacities.
0: Definitely. Yeah. It kind of like speaks to like, if you have a strong enough relationship, like that might be what you're banking on more than, or and the circumstances obviously, but might be something that can protect you versus like the, some of the romantic ones. I think I had the same impression that you did Dr. LaFever in terms of like, Wow, they seem to be putting a lot of stock in this relationship that lasted a couple months. And, like, while I don't want to excuse Sean and I do not want to blame Kayla necessarily, like, I think it does say something that she was so into Sean at that point. Like, there is something, either that he's a great con man in some way. Or she might have been idealizing or kind of like getting so involved in a way that wasn't protecting herself in the
2: relationship. Yes. Yeah, she invested a lot into that really, really quick over a couple of months. She was a vegetarian and she's cooking non-vegetarian meals for him and cooking her own vegetarian meal on the side and having him over. And there there was a lot of investment really, really quick into that relationship on her side when it was like very
0: clear to everyone who watched that Sean had very little investment.
2: Yes.
1: And I think that's something. And like, I
0: was just going to say, maybe he was faking it and like faking it look, make it look like he had investment or something like that. But like, it was pretty clear for everyone watching that he was not that invested. And she very much was. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And I think sometimes people, especially in some ghosting, but in any relationships, they trick themselves if they want a relationship, but that's not the person they should have the relationship with
0: yeah certainly are there any other episodes so we've kind of talked about a lot of the concepts i wanted to get to are there any other episodes or things to bring up that you're just like dying to talk about that's like we didn't get to this yet and like we need to talk about this
1: we kind of really dislike uh-huh. that they get to text each other at the end
0: so, so dumb what did that
1: is going on. So, I so choose to ghost or make up, and both people have agency. Then, well, one person's already opted out. Sure, they're talking here, but sometimes under duress of their identity, and of course, who knows what cro- con- you know contractual kind of obligations that they've created for themselves. But
2: right then, by definition, it's no longer ghosting, right? It's no longer unilateral. Now we have mutual. Yeah,
0: and I think that was. Oh, what they were trying to get is like, how do we make this the more mutual thing? But like, it wasn't because of the text, right? Like if it was, if you're like, okay, let's mutually find something together. It would be like, should we, you know, break up or not talk or whatever? Or should we make up, not send a text to do it? It just felt well, very strange.
2: And it's more about the terminology. I think Dr. Yeah. Okay, agreeing with me on this. Like you can't choose to A, re-ghost somebody be a ghost can't choose to ghost somebody and tell them they're ghosting them. That defeats the whole definition that we conceptualized of ghosting. Right. Like, yeah. At that point, just say, do you want to make up or break up? Yeah. Like change the terminology to fit the situation. So people aren't confused by it. Yeah. I think they're trying so hard to like brand it or to
0: like, Make it—I don't know. Maybe it's a marketing choice, but it just—it—it
2: it didn't make a lot of sense. No, and it gets back to what Doctor Latuga was saying at the beginning—the flippant using of terminology, mm. and how it's how that like complicates understanding these things in relationships if people use it incorrectly.
0: Yeah. Especially all this—all these new terms kind of come up too, right?
1: Yes. Well, hold lexicon. You have to be well-versed in what's going on.
3: Yeah, speaking of that, uh, I did have a question. I tried to see if I can make it make sense. Um, so I think one of the funnest and coolest things that, that I get out of doing these podcast episodes with very informed and intelligent people is like we do learn a lot of new language and concepts and terms and definitions and all those things. And so um, kind of going back to like, the the haunted haunting thing and and, you know me still trying to conceptualize what that means and um so ryan i know at earlier on in the podcast you were kind of introducing us to kind of what ghosting is what is kind of one form of how it can look and seeing that um you know a a person may you know stop texting you know blocking from social media accounts x y and z and kind of um, how that plays out um, have you have you all ever heard or seen or would this be considered haunting? I don't I don't even know if, if maybe there's some other term for it where maybe two people have one form of communication, so whether that be text messaging or um, you know Instagram DMs, uh, but they have one form of communication. Uh, one person gets ghosted, and so that communication stops, and then for example, that person may send a Facebook a uh, friend request sometime down the line or a Twitter request down the line. Would yeah. that be considered haunting or does that happen? Is that common? Is it something else? That makes sense?
2: Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Moving from yeah, one mediated form of communication to the next in an effort to then find this person. Um I think I don't know, Doctor will, chime on this too, but I think that's the haunting is more my understanding of it you kind of keep your presence around that person but you're just kind of at arm's length mm. like you're not ne- you're not just gone whereas in ghosting it's right that immediate exodus from the relationship as i like to say you leave without any explanation anything like that haunted is more Hanging around, I'm, I'm still going to talk to you a little bit. I'm going to be here kind of on the periphery as, <laughs> as this kind of spirit over you.
0: Kind of like having someone on the hook and talking uh, yeah, about yeah, mother right. language. Yeah. Exactly.
2: I got you on the hook. I'm going to haunt you because you want something and I'm not going to give it up. You want that relationship. I'm, I'm just going to haunt you about it, though. Okay. That, that's how I understand haunting versus the ghosting.
1: Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think there's similar lines. And then and then zombies, right? Maybe I do that with the intention to want to then get back with you. So then I do come back to life.
2: <laughs> uh, OK.
1: <laughs> so right, the haunting right on the periphery here and there, right? Enigma of your imagination coming in, but not really engaging you. And then zombieing, like, maybe I do want to reconnect with even though I'm the one who ghosted you the first time. Then I'm trying to get back in, knowing I probably also am going to leave again.
0: Okay, is vampiring a thing?
1: Oh, it should be. I <laughs> hope. No, we,
2: should, <laughs> we, should, we should create some werewolfing,
1: werewolfing,
2: We're <laughs> vampiring, you know. Vampiring the first thing that comes to mind is friend zoning. Yes. Right. Okay. You're kind of taking something. You're you still have that friendship. You're taking something from it, but. You're also getting these added benefits of other relationships. <laughs> that, that's that's kind of there helped. you go. the said vampire, and I was like, oh man, that's a friend zone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, and we do think there's some subtle that's things with ghosting and friend zoning and catfishing. Probably all sorts of different iterations that play out. But I like werewolf yeah, Full moons, Halloween, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And maybe werewolf thing. It was. Um, Maybe it's just from uh, understanding Twilight, but I was I just, maybe Werewolf thinks just hitting puberty. Oh,
1: I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Wasn't it <there> <laughs> not really interpersonal, but wasn't it
3: that basketball movie too with a with oh a, Teen, teen, teen uh, Wolf? Teen Wolf. There you movie. go.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so, do you guys have a favorite one of these terms? Uh, Denzel and I had this conversation before, and, uh, Denzel brought up Gatsbying, which is still one of my favorite terms. Mm-hmm. Denzel, yeah. do you want to explain Gatsbying again? I know listeners already know this, uh, because you've all listened to all the episodes, but go ahead yeah, if you sure. want to explain Gatsbying again. You've all
3: listened to all the episodes, and so you are well informed on what Gatsbying <laughs> is. But for those of you who, um, you know, by chance, you know, things happen, life comes up, and for whatever reason you missed the episode... Uh, Gatsbying is whenever you use a social media platform and you make posts with the sole at- intention of gaining the um, attention of of another person, and so that post may be a random post, and it may not have, and largely it probably won't have any other meaning than to mm-hmm. get that person's attention, and so it's literally taking the great Gatsby um, and turning it into a verb. And so in, in some way, you're trying to be very showy on social media to get someone's attention. I like it. That's That's actually,
2: I just had my undergrads in here for our research lab before this, and one of them brought that up, the exact same thing. She's like, I wanted to talk to this guy. He wasn't talking to me, so I went ahead and took a snap of his best friend and put it on my story knowing yes, that you. he was gonna see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that is amazing. Yeah. yeah.
3: That is gasping. (laughs) To (laughs) its fullest extent, I guess. (laughs) I like it. So now you have language for
1: it.
0: Yes, thank you. There you go. I came across Any other favorite terms?
1: This one the other day, I don't think it's in the. A lot of popular people use it and terms, but I still found it funny. They call it dog fishing, and that's where you use other people's animals. That aren't
0: yours in your profile picture. Oh, wow. Which is a really smart strategy. There's actually evidence that shows for men, if they have animals in their picture, they get more messages from females if they're um, interested in um, uh, women. So there you go. Even like on your
1: bio, that cute dog and boom, not my dog.
3: (laughs) So also not to be confused with like the hunting of animals in pictures. No, that's, that's no, a, that's a completely no, no. No, no, no.
0: Very no. good point, so <laughs> That would not get you more messages, I imagine. Just <laughs> so you can't
3: just so you can't like say that we told you, no, that's not what we said. <laughs> <laughs> you took that one and ran with it.
1: Not the most 12 point that you took a picture and I took after hunting. <laughs> not the same thing.
0: And thanks to you for listening today. If you want to become a part of Relevation Nation and get daily information about romantic relationships, or just want to learn more about Relevate, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash myrelevate. Follow us on Twitter at myrelevate or on Instagram at instagram.com slash myrelevate. Special thanks to our producer and the composer of our opening music, Denzel Jones. See you next time.